lot to talk about today. And I'm going to sit, I'm looking out the window. So I'm like (laughs) very excited to see if we actually get a snowflake during our three-hour marathon recording, but we'll see. Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina. And I'm Renee. And this is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today, we're sharing books that hooked us from the first page. If you enjoy listening, we'd love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you have a minute, please consider leaving us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or sharing us on social media. All of this truly helps other book lovers find us. Hey everyone, before we begin, we wanted to take the time to invite you to join us on our Patreon. Our Patreon community is such a wonderful group of readers. And for you, it's a great way to support our show, connect with other readers, and of course, get access to our exclusive bonus content. For $5 a month, you'll get two bonus episodes from us a month and one live event as well as invites to our Discord channel, Facebook group, our weekly newsletter, and I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting. Um, And you will also have access to everything we've created over the past year and a half or so, which is a lot of stuff. So our March events, we'll have a live Mood Reader Happy Hour, which is a Zoom get-together where we invite everyone to come and share their latest reads. You can also expect our March What's in the Mailbag and a bonus episode with a book and TV recommendations based around a specific theme. If you're interested, head to patreon.com slash booktalk, etc., or look for the link in our show notes. Thank you for your support. Hi, Renee. Hey, Tina. Good job. Yes, we have almost a whole year and a half of back content in our Patreon. I know. I was trying to find things. I'm like, wow, that's been, Mm -hmm. we've, we've been at it for a while. It's been, it's so fun though. It's like, it's like our creative outlet in addition to the main podcast. So I'm, I love that we get to do that. Right. Because we do have a variety of different types of bonuses, which I like that that's what we offer. Yeah. It's always something different with us, you know. As we say, mood content creators. Mood content creators. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, boy. Gosh. Lots to talk about today. Yeah. Um, Our topic is so fun. And thanks for pivoting with me. So we have our scheduled content. And once in a while, I'm like, you know what? Can we do this instead? Because I was inspired by one of the books I was picking up. And it's one of... So hooked by the first page, literally, it's it's something that can happen. And I love when it happens. I am not one that I don't mind spending a lot of time settling into the story, but you probably know this about me. I hate starting new books. <laughs> and so <laughs> I like when I'm in the middle and I know the players and I'm in it. So when a book can hook me from the first page, it's like the best reading experience for me. Same. I it's usually my goal, but with this episode especially. I did not allow myself to continue reading anything that did not grab me, you know, from the first, I mean, the first sentence would have been great, at least Mm -hmm. the first couple pages. Yeah. And so I did just, I did pause on one book, which I will return to, but, you know, I I said, okay, I'm not, I'm not grabbed like I want to be grabbed and I'm taking, take this topic seriously. (laughs) You're taking the the guidelines very seriously. Were you hooked from the first page or not? (laughs) I know, I know, I know. And I think, I think all of my reads actually fall 
in that category. Mm-hmm. Not that I loved all of them like 100%, but they did all fall into that category. Oh my gosh, that's great. So in Book Talk, I have a question for you and it kind of is related to what you just said. So I'm excited okay. to talk about that. But first, let me tell you about what I'm loving lately. This was something I just got. I just got my hot little hands on it and I'm really excited. It is something I'm going to use most days of the week. It's a new backpack. (laughs) And I bought it from a brand called Dagny Dover. If you are looking for backpacks, bags, weekend bags, belt bags, head to Dagny Dover. Their stuff is so nice. But it's like luxury, not luxury, but it's like spendy. But here's the thing. I don't mind investing if it's something I'm going to use a lot. I love this backpack. I will show you all on Instagram um, when this episode is live so you can see what I'm talking about. And what I was looking for, the one I had been using for years was a little bulky. It was like a traditional backpack and it had a ton of different compartments. I wanted something with fewer compartments that was a little bit lighter. I really liked the look of this as well. That was one thing that sold me. It's this neoprene fabric, which is like just, I don't know, it feels really nice and it's easy to clean. I got the olive green color. And I will say they also offered us 20% off because Jonathan's a first responder and they had a bunch of other like, you know, discounts for other professionals. So definitely check that out. Uh, Okay. So here's the thing. (laughs) This one is called the Indie Diaper Backpack. So technically it's a diaper bag, but I got this one because I'm obsessed with this creator. I've talked about her before. Her name's Taylor Wynn and she's just so good and her taste is impeccable. So she has this backpack and I was sitting there looking at it. I'm like, I really like it. Like she was explaining how she packs it for travel, all of this. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm, I was thinking about it for days. I'm like, let me just splurge and get this dang thing. It does fit my 13 inch laptop and there's plenty of room for other stuff. There's also this little compartment on the side for a water bottle, like one of my big water bottles. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Cause I hate when they just are like floating around and I have no place to put it. So I really like that. And I'm a big fan I fear that this will become an addiction. (laughs) I'm a a little (laughs) afraid that I'm going to be like, you know, I could use a new weekender bag, but this is really nice for now. I also got the medium size of this particular backpack and we can link to it. They've got large, they've got small, they've got a ton of other stuff, but wanted to highlight this brand today. It is the Indie Diaper Backpack by Dagny Dover. Dagny, can you spell that? Yeah, it's D-A-G-N-E. Dagny Dover. Dagny Dover. Got it. Okay. I wrote dag need over. (laughs) (laughs) Dag need over. What are you saying? (laughs) Can you spell it? Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I'm interested. I'm interested in that weekender. I want to check that out. I've never heard of this brand. Their stuff's really cute. Good job. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's nice. All right. All right. I'm going to check that out. Allow me to be very quick. I want to bring two shows only because I've watched both of them. In the last week and a half, and I can't oh. decide. And I don't often bring TV shows, but this is this has been something fun. And actually, Darren and I are watching. We watch both of these together, which Love is also, that. you know, sometimes he watches his own shows and I'm usually reading. This time, we binged both of these together. First one is Full Swing on Netflix. Now, at first glance, I did not think I wanted to watch this. It is about the lives of professional golfers on and off the course, across a season of high-stakes competition during the PGA Tour. I do tend to really like behind-the-scenes info and drama of just about anything. I love behind-the-scenes. I do like golf. I don't like to play it, but I do like golf. 
So anyway, this was this we binged this. It was very interesting. I th- I was trying to figure out what is it about behind the scenes golf that I like, and I don't know if you you might remember a while ago I brought the the book Tiger Woods by Jeff mm-hmm. Benedict, which I binged and loved. And I think it might be a little bit about the fact that when you see golfers on TV, professional golfers and in person, because we've been to, um, there's a PGA tournament that goes on around here every May. They're very serious, right? They look, they're very, they take their golf really seriously. But then when you look at these behind the scene, like aspects and, and info and what's like, it's it looks fun. It's fun, but it's also drama filled because, as we know from shows like The Bachelorette, men can have just as much drama as women, <laughs> and yep. it's it's fun to watch. Okay, so that's show number one. Highly recommend it. That was Full Swing on Netflix, and the, the other show that we binged all the current episodes of in one evening is Shrinking on Apple TV. And oh, stars, I wanted to read this. Yes. So good. It's yeah, so yeah. good. It stars Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. And it's about a grieving therapist um, who starts to break the rules by telling his clients exactly what he thinks. Oh, I mean, it's pure gold. Um, Jason Siegel is Jimmy and Jimmy has lost his wife um, and he's a therapist. And obviously he crosses every ethical you know, boundary pretty much, you know, don't take it as, okay, that's going to happen in real life because it's most likely not, but it's funny, it's quirky, and it's also emotional, and it is just straight bingeable. Darren and I kept saying, all right, one, we'll just do, we'll just watch one more. It was like 1045 at night. (laughs) We'll just watch one more. It's really good. So that was shrinking on Apple TV. Oh, that was fast. Great. Love a good I rec- said I promised I would be fast, but <laughs> you I wanted did. to you bring. Did great. <laughs> I want to bring both of them. <laughs> Got it. And it's so funny. I saw that full swing on Netflix. It kept like adver- being advertised to me, and I knew I was like, oh, I bet Renee watches that. Like I just <laughs> felt like it was something that you you and Darren would enjoy. So mm-hmm. good. I'm glad I I'm glad you brought those. I will tell you about my latest read. It is TV inspired, actually. So my latest read is The Reunion by Kayla Olson. And this is about two former teen stars who reconnect at the reunion for their hit TV show. And they discover that their feelings for each other might not have just been for the cameras, which already I'm like, okay, I am hooked. The show that I had in my mind, what, for some reason I kept thinking about Full House and like that sort of reboot. But I was like, there's no real love interest in that show that I remember being like super into. But then mm-hmm. I saw that I heard a... um the author talking about her inspiration, it was Boy Meets World, which totally makes sense. Boy Meets World with Corey and Topanga. And if you just picture that, like picture them falling in love in real life, you're there. Um, So the main character is named Liv Latimer, and she was the center of this popular teen drama called Girl on the Verge. She spent her entire adolescence being this picture-perfect person because her character's name was Honor. Everyone loved her, and so she was like trying to live up to that. Ransom Joel was her love interest, and they ended up becoming really good friends. But then, of course, when the show wrapped, they lost touch. They come back together many, many years later, and they find that their chemistry is still intact. And they start to explore, like, wait a minute, are these feelings real? Or was it just for the cameras? And there's new rivalries with the cast, because, of course, there's other cast members. And the big question with this, they're doing like a, a two or three episode reunion. And the big question is, are they going to reboot the show? So 
I, I thought this was cute. I love a second chance romance, and I'm all about the nostalgia of a popular show returning. So I was like in for that part. And I can definitely see this being made into like a movie on Netflix or something like that, just because it's Hollywood. It's behind the scenes, and I would love that sort of thing. I thought this was super easy to read, which not for nothing. Sometimes you just need a book that's like (laughs) easy to follow and just pleasant. And this was very pleasant. Maybe it's me because I read super dark stuff. So this was just nice to have um, as kind of a palate cleanser. I don't think I'll remember the couple forever. They didn't have like that chemistry of, you know, seven days in June or some of the like really great love stories I've read before, but I enjoyed it while I was reading it. I will say, though, I really like behind-the-scenes Hollywood stuff, and I think that's why I liked this uh, more than some others who have read it. I've heard some mixed things, because if you're looking for romance, I don't think the, like, the steaminess is there. This is like the door is slammed shut. <laughs> like, there is no, you know, sexiness going on in this one. You know, a couple, couple things here and there, but yeah, just know that going in. Uh, don't expect open door. I was more invested in Liv. I wanted to see how she would reinvent her career, if she would agree to this reboot, or if she would go for the indie projects she adores. But yeah, I I enjoyed this. I thought it was fine. This, I understand, is a departure for the author. I think she typically writes like YA dystopian. So it was cool to see she was inspired during the pandemic to try her hand at something different. So I'll say it was very entertaining. It was The Reunion by Kayla Olson. Okay. All right, good. All right, let me shift gears from your book to my latest read, which, oh, this is this one. I got it. I'm excited to talk about what it's also, I'm not going to say that much about it. It is A Simple Plan by Scott Smith. This came out in 1993. And it's been on my Kindle for years. It's been in what I call my Kindle purgatory, which, <laughs> or, which is books that I, what? Can we do a Kindle Purgatory episode? Yeah. Yes. Mm, that sounds so fun. Yes, because I have same, like books that I've okay. had for 100 years. I'm like, okay. Yes, Kindle. Yeah, yeah, the Kindle Purgatory <laughs> is a place where books that sound really good go, and I forget about them. And then it's one of about probably 600 I have on my Kindle. I'm not going to lie. So this is a thriller I've always wondered about. And when we decided to do this topic, and I was going through my Kindle— because I wanted to, I wanted to do something backlist. Anyway, this this popped up. I'm like, yes, I vaguely remember this premise. I never saw the movie, so let me read this book. This is about two brothers and their friend who stumble upon the wreckage of a plane out in the middle of a field. It's winter. It's dead of winter. They stumble upon this plane. The pilot is dead. And there's a duffel bag in this plane that contains $4 million in cash. In order to hide, keep, and eventually share the fortune, as they make a very snap decision to do, these ordinary men all agree to a simple plan. I'm sure it'll go great. That simple plan is going to be anything but simple. And that's really, truly all you need to know about this story to just jump right in. Because as soon as you start this, the author drops you right into the plot, right into the action, and I I promise, does not let up until the last page is turned. This was an intense read. It's bingeable. I found it extremely hard to put down. I did it. I actually ended up initially starting on the audio and then getting it on my 
uh, well, I had it on my Kindle. I started on the audio because I was busy and then I switched to the Kindle so that I could basically finish this an entire day. It went places I did not expect it to go. I don't know how many times I might have like had my eyes like open wide. Like there are things that that the author was not afraid to do. You know things aren't going to go necessarily according to this simple plan. And basically what I wanted to know was what happened when you have three greedy men plus $4 million plus secrets. And what I found was it leads to one gigantic hot mess that plays out as a roller coaster of plot twists and turns. As I said, I binged this. And also what I have to tell you is this was one of the most absurd books I have ever read. Absurd. Absurd Truly good? Absurd. absurd. I don't know. Over absurd. the top? Like, yes. Absurd okay. over the top. Absurd. Okay. I don't know what I think about it. I I think I liked it. <laughs> it was absurd. I mean, if if that sounds like something that you you are curious about, yes, pick it up. I think the absurdity is part of the fun of this story. I, I would imagine that that is, has to be what the author probably intended. This is a popcorn thriller. So it truly is. And, and just when I thought, <laughs> it makes me laugh because there are parts of the story, I'm telling you, you will not believe. And just when I thought the author had nothing else up his literary sleeve, <laughs> something would happen that would make me say, oh, wow, okay, you're really going to go there. I can't say I, I can't say I loved it. I don't know, but I had a great time reading it. And I'll end with this. It was like this this story was like eating a giant tub of movie theater popcorn, which I never get the giant tub. I always get the regular size. But let's say I did get the giant tub. I ate the entire thing. It's delicious while it goes down. But I'm going to be regretful after. <laughs> it's not I good don't for know. you. <laughs> I mean, so that was A Simple Plan by Scott Smith. Oh, my gosh. How fun. I think I like that kind of book, though. Sometimes I'm like, give it. I like absurd. Like, I want to know what what can you come up with? So that's fun. I'm glad you brought that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about books that hook us from the first page. And okay, here was my question that I had for you. And I'm still kind of debating my answer and stick with me a little bit here. Would you rather a book that has a solid opening, like really hooks you from the beginning, an entertaining story, but the ending you're like, hmm, I'm not so sure about, or a book that's very slow to start, but ends with a bang? Okay. Yes. Now, ideally, because we're demanding readers, I, I would like both. I want the, I <laughs> right. want, yes, I want the yes. amazing opening. Yeah. I'll take I'll take a slower middle, and I mm-hmm. want an amazing. I want that uh, ending to be okay. fantastic. That would be my ideal set. But ba- to answer your question, I would rather have a slower setup mm-hmm. and a like slamming ending. Mm-hmm. That I would. What about you? You know, and I that makes sense. That seems like the obvious answer. I really think I am more forgiving of a ending that maybe I didn't agree with, or I'm like, huh, okay, that went places I didn't expect. I'm not super crazy about it, but I was entertained the whole way. 
Like, I feel like, and again, obviously we want the five-star reading experiences always, but like sometimes there's something to a book that just like grabs you from the very beginning. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're on that ride the whole time. Um, Of course, I like slower paced books and books that you have to sit with. But I was thinking about this because one of my picks, the last one I'm going to talk about, definitely I was jumping in, hooked from the beginning. By the end, I was like, what's happening? There's so many things coming. I don't care. I'm still here. I'm entertained. But, you know, it was like, this is a different experience because a lot of the time it is that I feel like for me, it's more common to be like, okay, let me sit with it. Let me see what we're thinking. Give it some time. And then you get invested. For me, I and pulled in. I'm usually seeking that opening that grabs me mm-hmm. from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And then if I can get that at the end, I'm usually pretty happy. Now, one of my books today is exactly that with a slow middle that kind of meandered. And a lot of times those won't end up being five stars for me. And then one of mine today, the other one, boom, the beginning had me and the end had me, like, mm-hmm. and everything in between had me. So <laughs> I think, and I don't know if it is, I have to, I have to sit with this question. Is it a more experienced author that can figure out that hook right in the first sentence or the first paragraph and then, you know, can also la- stick the landing? Is it, I mean, but we know, de- but debuts can do that too. Mm-hmm. I think it depends. It depends on the author. It also, I think, depends on genre as well. Like if it's Mm -hmm. a more sweeping epic story, of course, I think it will take a little bit more for you to establish time and place with the characters. I love, so Renee is our researcher and she grabbed a bunch of like really great articles about this because I just made up the topic. I'm like, oh, this will be fun because it was like, you know, of course we kind of all want that hook from the first page feeling, but of course there's literature and there's articles to back it up. and. So basically, what makes a book so compelling that it grabs you from the start? What are the things that, what are the elements that might be there? It could be a first sentence that says something absolutely, totally shocking. I still remember the first sentence of The Martian. I'm not going to say it because there's a swear word, (laughs) but it's perfection. I loved the first sentence of The Martian, technically the first two sentences of The Martian. Could also be a compelling voice or narrator. Like you just get who the protagonist is going to be right from the start. Or, which I see this a lot, an opening scene that just creates suspense or leaves you with questions, Mm -hmm. makes you love or hate someone or leaves you curious. So I was like, that makes sense to me. And and I would prefer, of course, a good couple of pages. I like a a shocking opening sentence, but like, of course, I want like a, give me a good few paragraphs, then I'll keep going. Yes, yes. And a lot of those, and I will link to um, the articles that I found, but between the the opening sentence, what does that tell us? Like for me, like what pulls you in? As for me, I really like an opening that will hook me if something is ominous, if something is like it unsettles me, and I, it it makes me want to know more. Mm-hmm. Like that's something I'm looking for. It could be it could be something that is super intriguing about a character. It could be something that the character said. Or something that the character is doing that's intriguing. Any of any of that might pull me in. Also, I do like a good sympathetic character. If I can connect in that opening sentence or few paragraphs and I feel something one way or another, like sad or like, oh, I like this person. I've connected. 
I'll keep reading for that reason. Mm-hmm. And I often find, I love when they, there's like a mundane kind of everyday situation that it ends with something totally unexpected, like totally something you're like, wait, how did we get there? Or like, what would that have been like to have that happen? I'm thinking specifically, we're going to bring a few examples of books that like hook us from the jump. And one of mine, it was that it was a mundane everyday thing. And all of a sudden he was like, you know, and that was the last time, whatever, like it, it leaves you with suspense. Yeah. You're kind of like, wait, yes. but what happened? What was in the envelope? Mm-hmm. What did we find? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I do like the the concept of um, the writer for Bustle that has this article talked about books that hook you from the start and compare them to like going on a first date and how sometimes that can be really satisfying. And to me, this reminded me of like a, of a concept. This is not what he he or she talked about, but but it's what it reminded me of. And it's a bookish chemistry. Like when you first meet someone, is the chemistry there? or not. Sometimes it's really there. And it's the same thing with books. Is the chemistry there from the opening sentence? If the answer it's yes, it could be the dialogue. It could be any of the reasons that we've talked about, but it also could be like, oh, I don't, okay. I don't feel chemistry with this book because I'm not connecting with the writing. I feel like this plot has been told. I didn't connect with the dialogue. And This doesn't really apply to me, but the author talked about judging a book by its cover. So if Mm. you have an expectation based on the cover and then the opening sentence or paragraph or page doesn't like align with that, then maybe you aren't going to be inclined to keep going. I don't think that applies necessarily to me, but I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends, right? If, if, I think you will walk in with expectations. I don't know if I make snap judgments as it relates mm-hmm. to the cover that quickly. Um, one thing I will say that turns me off immediately is if the first couple sentences are too verbose, if there's too many commas, if they're like too flowery with their language. I'm like, what are you saying? Can you just tell me what you're trying to say? Like, what do yes. you mean? Like, if there's like too many stops and starts, you can get like fancy later on mm-hmm. in the plot when I'm like centered and I know who is who. But in the beginning, I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> hmm. Exactly. And before we share our our books that we picked off our shelves, like, right, our literal, yeah, we each Mm -hmm. picked books off our shelves. I have to share our tried and true author, Stephen King, because he usually is so just amazing with his openings. And he did a 2013 interview, which I can link to. He reflected on the importance of a novel's introductory sentence. And he said, An opening line should invite the reader to begin the story. It should say, listen, come in here. You want to know about this. Oh, yeah. Isn't that so true? Uh Uh-huh. He's so good with like, oh, man. Obviously, I just love his book on writing, like how he like explains the writing process. And like, it's, it's neat to see somebody who's so skilled and talented, who's also able to like talk about why he's able to like write some of those types of stories. Oh, that's so fun. So let's go into some of the books that we grabbed from our shelves. And all right, I'll go to the first one that I had. And this was uh, what I was referencing earlier. It's a couple, it's three sentences, but this was the everyday situation where you're like, okay, okay. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? What happened? This book is The Deluge by Stephen Markley. And the first couple sentences read, one of the grad assistants had left the mail in a pile by the lab's primary computer. The first envelope Tony Pietras opened was a confirmation letter from the American Geophysical Union for an appearance. The second envelope would change the way Tony felt about the world. 
he never got around to the rest of the day's mail. Oh, yeah. What happened? Why? What did you? Need, why didn't he? Why? What happened? What was mm-hmm. in the letter? So I was like, oh, all right, let me, you know, let me keep going. I really, really liked that introduction because now I'm curious. Oh, and this book's long. It's like 800 pages or so. So I'm really excited to see what happens. That's so funny you brought that because I downloaded that on audio through Libby, through the library. It's 40 hours on audio. Oh, I know. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, they sent it to me, gosh, ages ago. The publisher did an arc, which was so kind, unlike solicited. I'm like, what is in this package? I open it up. I'm like, oh my God, this book is enormous. When am I going to read it? But yeah, I'm so far exactly. so good. Anyway. All right. Now, two of my books are straight off my five star bookshelf, and the other one is from my print TBR bookshelf. But all so I want to, I'm going to tell you the sentence first, and then I'm going to tell you the book because I want to keep you in suspense. (laughs) All right, here's the first sentence. Once upon a time in a far off land, I was kidnapped by a gang of fearless yet terrified young men with so much impossible hope beating inside their bodies, it burned their very skin and strengthened their will right through their bones. Mm. That is An Untamed State by Roxanne Gay. I mean, hello. That's good. Like She didn't mess around. Right. (laughs) <laughs> like and the I'm opening tell you what scene, happened to me. The opening scene follows with as that much intensity. Yes. All right. My second one's really simple. It's called it says Gertrude was the only person that Teo liked. And then you read on to find out that Gertrude is a cadaver and Teo is <laughs> a creep. <laughs> so the book in question is Perfect Days by Rafael Montez, but I remember like that opening scene where he's in the cadaver lab mm-hmm. and all the other students are kind of uncomfortable and he's just like and he's like yes, he like loves the dissection of the the cadaver and we <laughs> that's find That's great. That's yeah. That's a great opening. Yes. I mean, and that's just that's just crazy enough to that you have to keep reading because Yeah. You're when like, you start like what? that, you're like, wait, where else is this going to go? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is my other five star. A girl is running for her life. That's the first sentence. Oh, okay. What is it? And get, and that is from The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Oh. By Schwab. Yeah. And then that was the best sentence in the entire novel. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <it isn't. laughs> I'm just kidding. One of our like few disagreements, few books that we are like absolute polar opposites mm-hmm. on. Yes, we are. All right. I'll go into my last one. My last one is Alika married me in absentia. He did not come to our wedding. And it was Ooh. His Only Wife by Peace Edo Medi. I really, really like this book. Okay, good. All right, I like that. Um, this last sentence is, is from a book on my print TBR shelf, so I have not read it yet, but now I want to. I don't even think I'd opened this one yet. And the sentence is, the man in my house is wearing a mask. Even so, I can tell he's as surprised to see me as I am to see him. Hell and- no. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> and I and I did go on to read a little bit more, and I'm like, oh, how, this is what happens. Books yeah. sit on my shelf. I'm sorry. Here's the title: The Seven Visitations of Sydney Burgess by Andy Marino, sitting on my wow. print bookshelf, and I've not opened it, and now I want to read it. Waiting to freak you out. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, that's 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 fun. I love, I love, we love a good first sentence. So like, we're pretty into that experience. Are you ready to talk about our books? Yes, I am. All right. Well, I will share number one and it's The Accomplice by Lisa Lutz. I had no expectations about this one. It was sent to me. 
And I just started reading and I was like, oh, what pulled me in was that the uh, two main characters, Owen and Luna, are best friends. They grew, they went to college together and in adulthood remain best friends. And everyone's always like badgering them. Why aren't you together? Why are you so like tight with one another? Did you ever hook up? Like no one can believe that they're just two best friends. In addition to always being questioned about their relationship, another question that follows them is why do people around them keep turning up dead? And so we go on to find out that, yes, people throughout their lives have turned up dead. And you're kind of wondering, okay, what's going on here? Owen is this charming, privileged, and kind of character that is filled with ennui. He's always dissatisfied. Um, But he connects really early in college with Luna Gray. Luna is very, very secretive. She's very like crass almost. And that's kind of what I liked about her. She did not want anyone's friendship, but he was like, no, I'm going to get to know you. I want to know more about this person. And they form this kind of interesting relationship. And they pretty much get together as friends from the moment they meet in college. And their names soon become synonymous with one another, Owen and Luna, Luna and Owen, and stay that way even after an unexplained death rocks their social circle. So the book starts with them in present day, and it does it has dual POV. So you're in present day, and then you're back in college. And years later, they're still friends when they find that uh, Owen's wife is murdered. And Luna is the one that ends up finding her. And so, of course, the police have questions for everybody involved. They end up uncovering some really deep buried secrets. But again, at the center of it is, why are these two so close to each other? And what's what are they hiding? What's going on here? This one worked really well for me. This is in my subgenre catnip. Something bad happens to the characters when they're young and they're still revisiting things as adults. So, you know, I love that type of story. I will say I'd call this more of a character-driven mystery than a straight-up thriller. You are really, really getting to know these characters. And of course, there's suspenseful elements, but I had the most fun with unpacking these two and figuring out what the heck went on in college, what's going on here. And I was super curious to see if they would betray each other and to see if their friendship would endure. I love this idea of a male-female friendship, a non a platonic friendship. People sometimes just can't seem to wrap their minds around it. So I typically like stories that have that at the center. I really enjoyed this. I don't have much to say. There were a couple twists and turns that I was not expecting. Very, very enjoyable. And I'm glad that I discovered this author. I will definitely read her again. I've never read anything by her, and she has a few other titles that look interesting. But this book was The Accomplice by Lisa Lutz. Okay, good. Gosh, I I wondered what you thought about that because I saw you were reading it and ah, that sounds good. Luna Gray, that's a great name. Isn't it great? Luna Gray. That's I great. was like, that's a good name. Luna and Owen. Mm-hmm. Owen and Luna. And she's not, she I doesn't like give me Luna. She <laughs> she doesn't, she gives me more like Wednesday. Like she's like a darker <laughs> character. Okay, good. All right. My first book is called All Her Fault by Andrea Mara. I had never heard of this book. This came to me recommended by one of our patrons, Rita, who's Rita Can't Stop Reading on Instagram. I will link to her. She reviews a ton of books. And Rita sent me a message and said, Renee, I think you would like this book. You have to listen to just the preview and and see. And I think you're going to want to read on. And she was exactly right. I listened to an audio preview and I, I was like, uh, oh my gosh, I have to know more. This is a, it's set in Ireland and it is about Marissa Irving. And in the opening scene, in the opening few sentences, Marissa arrives 
at an address. It's 14 Tudor Grove. And she arrives there to pick up her young son, Milo, from his first play date with a boy at his new school. Knocks on the door. When the a woman answers the door, she isn't the mother. She isn't any mother that Marissa recognizes. She isn't the nanny. And she doesn't have Milo. In fact, she's never heard of a kid named Milo. Come on. And so <laughs> begins every parent's worst nightmare. Good. I mean, good, good, good. It was, it, it, it was sheer perfection on the opening. A brief bit about what ends up happening as news eventually filters through this quiet Dublin suburb, news of the disappearance of Milo. So I'm going to leave it there with what ends up happening for the rest of the story. And I think you've got to read or listen to find out. Rita specifically said to me, I think you would love this because you love Kia Abdullah's books and the Mm. way that, and you love her writing. And she is exactly right. I think the Kia Abdullah comp holds up, especially if you read and enjoyed Next of Kin, then this, this is something in your wheelhouse. Um, I did a combination of print and audio. The audio was great, really, really good. And at the time, I also ended up buying this for my Kindle because it was 99 cents on Amazon for um, Kindle. So here's what I thought. This is a story filled with secrets, lots of secrets, because that opening scene is just the tip of the iceberg. There are secrets between parents. There are, you will meet lots of other parents from the school, and you get to have an in-depth look at all of the, they're all players in this story in one way or another. There's also parents of other people that play a a big role. So there is a lot of secrets. There's secrets between neighbors. There's secrets between spouses, secrets between friends, people who thought they were friends, and family. And what I really loved is this is a story filled with surprises along the way. The author did not wait until the end to like pull that proverbial twist out of the hat, you know. Along the way, there were surprises, big and small. So expect the unexpected with this story. That's what I can tell you. There were times I found my suspension of disbelief pushed kind of beyond my limit. But my overriding desire to find out all of the details, to put together all of the threads, and to discover how the chips would land when the fallout occurred kept me engaged and quickly reading and listening. As I said, I did a combo so that I could finish this as fast as possible. And all in all, I enjoyed this book a lot. And I especially appreciate that the author kept surprising me right up until the very last page. So this was what I was talking about. Amazing opening and an ending that landed. Mm-hmm. Just, like it would just keep on going because you never know where this author is going to take you. I think that if you enjoy the writing of Kia Abdullah, Leon Moriarty, or Sally Hepworth, you will like this book. And that was All Her Fault by Andrea Mara. Go ahead. 
That is not one I've heard of. <laughs> no. All right. My second book is The Getaway by Lamar Giles. And this book is only $1.99 on Kindle as of today's recording. It's an on-sale pick. So if this sounds good to you, definitely grab it while you can for $1.99, speaking of Kindles. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you about this. This book invites the reader to spend time at a resort like no other. It is Karloff County, and it's one of the world's most famous resorts. Jay is living his best life. He's got his family. He's got his crew. He's got a great after-school job at the property's main theme park. I kept picturing this like Disney if Disney had like a suburb attached to it where all the workers lived, but then they also worked at all the different parks. They like made their own food. That's kind of what I'm picturing. But life is not so great for the rest of the world. Things are kind of breaking down in society. And so we're kind of wondering, all right, what's going on here? It's definitely a dystopian feel to this story. But people come on vacation, and it's a great way to get away from their day-to-day lives. Things slowly start to get worse, and trouble starts to seep into Karloff. First, Jay's friend Connie and her family disappear in the middle of the night. I'm talking one day she's there, the next day gone as though they've never been there. And no one's going to talk about it. Then rich and powerful families keep arriving. But instead of like being there for their normal seven-day, five-day stay, they're not leaving. They're staying there and they're moving in. And unknown to the employees, the resort has been selling shares of an end-of-the-world oasis. And it seems like the end of the world might be now. Of course, in order to deliver this top-notch customer service, somebody's got to work for it. Somebody's got to be the person that, you know, cleans the bathrooms or, you know, serves them their hot dogs. But things evolve. And now the former employees that were doing regular everyday jobs are now at these folks' total beck and call. So it centers on four friends, Jay and then uh, his three best friends. And they are, they're, they're young. They're in high school still. And they're the ones that basically figure out, all right, something's up. Something's going on. What I liked about this is each character had their own distinct personality. Zeke is a conspiracy theorist, and Jay is, he's the main character that you hear from the most. He's kind of this go-along to get-along kind of guy. He'll do what he's told, not going to ask a ton of questions. And it's neat because they're also friends with Shell, who is actually a member of the powerful Karloff family. She has access to the wealth, and she lives in this magnificent um, home But she is the black sheep of their family because she's mixed race. So there's definitely complications there. This book is very dark, very suspenseful. It's YA, but it's also kind of speculative, dystopian. Think in the vein of Tiffany D. Jackson. So you've got these characters. They're young, but it doesn't read too juvenile. It's definitely a dark story. The book also brings in themes of elitism, racism, classism. He did that really well. Like they were, it was like this subtle undertone. It was almost like a social horror book. Things totally go over the top at the end, but I didn't mind. I still was invested. I still loved the reading experience. And I am super glad I picked this one up. The reason I did is because the cover is terrifying. Like it is so spooky. So if you want to, if you're curious what the cover is, definitely take a look. It's basically this man's shadow with X's over his eyes and then this really spooky mouth. It's it's a great cover. Oh. I do highly recommend this book. It's The Getaway by Lamar Giles. Okay, never heard of that. Is that under the radar or? It is under the radar. Is yeah, it? there's only like 1,500 reviews on Goodreads and it came out in September. So I, I have not heard oh. anybody, I, I haven't heard very much about it. Okay, good. Oh, I love finds like that. And my next book is a find like that for yes. me. It is Before He Finds Her by Michael Cardas. 
you might remember that I brought another book by Michael Cardas last summer called Bluff, which I loved. I love this even more. This is definitely, I would say, a character-driven mystery. Yeah, I would say it's a character-driven mystery. It's also a little bit of a psychological thriller, kind of all wrapped up into one. Um, I listened to this. Julia Whalen narrates. It was very good. And this is the story of initially of a normal family. Everyone in the quiet Jersey Shore town of Silver Bay knows about this particular story and family. On a Sunday evening in September 1991, Ramsey Miller throws a blowout block party, then murders his beautiful wife and three-year-old daughter. With only his wife's body found and no sign of Ramsey or his daughter, everyone believes Ramsey disappeared with his daughter out on the sea where he would have probably most likely killed her and fled or else they both drowned. But everyone is wrong. That's all I'm going to tell you. The story opens with sheer perfection for me. And like we talked about in our book talk, voice. Voice can be something that pulls me in. And the story, this story opens in the voice of Arthur Miller. And Arthur Miller is an 81-year-old journalist turned blogger (laughs) who happens, and he's writing in the opening scene, he's writing a blog post. He happened to have lived in the same town as, take that back, his name's not Arthur Miller. His name is just Arthur, so, okay. He happens to have lived in the same town as the Millers and covered the story when it happens. And it's kind of the case that has always haunted him. So he still continues to write about it on his blog. And I'm pretty sure that if you give this a try, you are going to be pulled in by Arthur as much as I was. Once we hear from Arthur, the story ends up evolving in a, with a very interesting structure. We have present day 2006, which will alternate with the months leading up to the block party in 1991. I was pulled in immediately with everything Arthur had to say in his blog posts with his voice. I liked him immediately. And what he had to say hooked me from the start and left me wondering who killed Allison Miller and what happened to Ramsey and his daughter. And what would happen if one or both of them happened to still be alive? I will highly suggest that if that sounds good to you, I think jump right in. Please don't go back and read anything else in the synopsis on Goodreads or anything. I really, truly think it, give, it gives way too much away. For me, I, I binged this. I guess that's my theme for today. All of these books I binge, they're really, they were really hard to put down. This one especially. And for me, it's the perfect blend of character and plot-driven. I was invested in both timelines. I was surprised many, many times along the way and I couldn't stop listening because I had to know if any of my theories were correct. Turns out they weren't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not surprisingly, because I've mentioned before I'm a horrible detective. Something that this author does so well is he doesn't rely on one big plot twist at the end. There were many quote-unquote twists throughout the story, which I loved because when that happens— it completely changes the trajectory of the story that you're reading and you have to shift and it can, and it, 
it kept me guessing. It kept me on my toes and it kept me up way past my bedtime because I had to find out how it would all end. This is just my type of mystery. There are great characters to root for. There are great characters to follow combined with a surprising plot and a story that was not only riveting, but bittersweet. And you know, I love a good bittersweet Mm -hmm. story. So put all of that together. I have to say, I loved this book. Highly recommend it. It's Before He Finds Her by Michael Cardas. Oh, good. Yeah, he is now officially an auto-read author. Oh, man. For me, I have to go back and um, complete his backlist. Yes, I love finding a new auto-read author. That's like the best feeling. I don't have, I wonder how many are auto-read authors for me. I was going to say, I don't have very many. I think that's a lie though. <laughs> I, think there's, I think there's quite a few. I'd have to keep a, keep a note and see how many there are on it. All right. My shelf edition is this lovely purple cover. I cannot wait to read this book. It's called The Great Transition by Nick Fuller Guggins, and it comes out on August 15th of this year. Talk about getting hooked from the beginning. Um, (laughs) This is a dystopian novel. I'm going to read you the first sentence. There was a big throwback craze at school that started on Cooperative Day with a band called U2. So this is sometime in the future, and they're like basically looking at the oldies, um, including you two. I think this is set way in the future, though. I'm not exactly when, but he, the author definitely incorporates like Taylor Swift, Nirvana, like those are like the oh. oldies station. So I was like, oh okay. my gosh, that's, that's fun. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. And it's for fans of Station Eleven. But let me tell you what it's about, other than just reading you the first sentence. <laughs> Emmy Vargas has uh, parents who help save the world. And she's tired of being told how lucky she is to have been born after the climate crisis. But following the public assassination of a dozen climate criminals, her mother, Christina, disappears after being named a possible suspect. And Emmy's illusions of utopia are shattered. Emmy and her father journey from their home in Greenland to New York City, now populated by a storm surge outpost built from the ruins of the former metropolis. So it looks like New York didn't make it. But they're not the only ones looking for Christina, their mother. 30 years earlier, Emmy's father came to New York with a team of volunteers to save the city from rising waters and torrential storms. Christina was on the front line of a different battle. She was fighting wildfires that were ravaging the western U.S., And they became a part of a movement that changed the world, the great transition, forging a new society and finding each other in the process, alternating between Emmy's desperate search for her mother and a meticulously rendered heart-stopping account of her parents' experiences during the great transition. This shows how our actions today determine our fate tomorrow. And I just think this one Mm. sounds so very good. I love climate crisis novels. It's kind of a little bit dystopian. I'm super curious about it. It is The Great Transition by Nick Fuller Guggins. Comes out on August 15th. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, it sounds really good. And it's like, I'm looking, there's transcripts. It looks like there's like transcripts from interviews. So it's kind of a little bit of a multimedia story as well. Oh, that's fun too. Super curious. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that because that was not on my radar and now it is. That sounds good. Yes. Summer reading. Yay. Okay. I have a summer, I have a summer shelf edition too. Completely different than yours. So this is perfect. It's The Carnival of Curiosities by Amy Gibbs. Comes out July 11th. And this is a 
gothic tale of bargains, jealousy, and murder set in a spectacular circus where star-crossed lovers' destinies are forged at an unexpected price. That is the tagline. That is all I needed to know. (laughs) But I will tell you more. This is set in Victorian London. So think this is at a time when there are traveling sideshows, and that is the main form of entertainment. And there's a particular sideshow that everyone is dying to get tickets for. And it's the sideshow of Ash and Pretorius's Carnival of Curiosities. And in the sideshow, each performance is a limited engagement. And London's elite people are trying to get in to witness the carnival's astounding assemblage of marvels. Because in this particular sideshow, the real show actually begins behind the curtain. Because there are rumors that the show's proprietor, who is Ash, is more than an average magician. It is said that for the right price, he can make any wish come true. And no one knows the truth of this claim better than Lucien the Lucifer, who is the carnival's star attraction, because he was born with the ability to create fire. And he has dazzled spectators since he was a boy. So what happens when one of London's most notorious men comes with a proposition for Ash regarding a certain young and beautiful girl who is considered his charge? Her name is Charlotte. She has special gifts that may end up changing the course of Ash's life, but also changing the course for everyone involved in this circus. So what it sounds like is this story ends up becoming very much a life and death sort of suspenseful story. And it's being compared to The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. I hate to tell you that, Tina, but... Go ahead. um, This means it's not for me. (laughs) But I will say, and so it is for me, but I also will say just knowing the synopsis a little bit, it's giving me vibes of Water for Elephants by Sarah Gruen and The Lonely Hearts Hotel by Heather O'Neill. Both of those books I really loved. So I'm hoping that this might live up to any or all of them. So that's The Carnival of Curiosities by Amy Gibbs. All right. Well, that's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us by following wherever you listen and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get our show out to new listeners and grows our audience. Don't forget, if you'd like access to that exclusive bonus content, you can join us for $5 a month on patreon.com slash booktalk, etc. If you'd like to connect with us, email us at booktalketc at gmail.com. You can also find us at booktalketc on Instagram, Tina at TBR, etc. And me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember, everything's better with books. Bye for for now. Bye for a little bit. <laughs>